ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. And now your hosts, Max McGuire and Joe Walton. Welcome back to Hour 2. Hit that share button if you haven't already. Very, very important. Hit the share button. Give us a thumbs up. Comment. Comments are very important. Not on YouTube. This is how you know Facebook's playing games. Usually when we're off YouTube, we get more people watching on our other channels, but but, but not let, really today. Let, Facebook's let's, throttling us. Let's stop here. Right now, currently, I'm just going to talk about this. There are 33 shares on Facebook. If we were to sh- if everyone were to share, we would break their system. So everyone, hit the share button. I'll wait. Hit the share button. And for those of you listening that got here late, you need to come back and watch the entire episode. You will definitely hear some really good information about what's happened on the election fraud issue, especially with the Coomer lawsuit and some of the other things that are happening. Um, I'm going to, I, I told everyone that I'd put up a, a website of all the stuff. I've been told by my attorney, I can't do that just yet, but I promise you that I will keep you informed on everything. So as, as different documents come out and as their attorney treats our attorney as a, you know, he acts as a misogynist, I'll, I'll report all of that, but everybody hit, hit the, hit the share button. And, um, I'm telling you, it's going to be, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. So before we start um, getting into this into everything um there was there's a podcast mr producer i sent it to you there's a podcaster let me make sure i get his name because i don't want to i don't want to misappropriate it um sam hyde he's a podcaster i've never watched him before but a while ago he made a prediction about what will happen if you start putting more female cops on the force stop for one second for one second stop for one second i just want to point something out we had 55 shares in the last two minutes, 55 shares, and it actually still only shows 152 people watching, which is why, by the way, we say you can go to conservative-daily.com and go to the site and actually watch it there as well. We do have the same uh, comment section and everything else, but Facebook is in 50 shares, basically added three people. That should tell you the throttling that's happening and the mm-hmm. fact that they're weaponizing the platform. Guys, this is not, now it's 161 shares right now. 161 shares, another 80 shares, and it shows up as only 157 people, added three people, added three people with another 80 shares. Keep in mind, three people, 161 shares, and yet now it's 155, so it's going down. So what Facebook is doing is they're doing everything, 166 shares. They're doing everything they can to keep truth from getting out there, right? I mean, this isn't me. This is actually looking at it right now. We have to realize that we have to boycott and boycott. We're going to have to eventually get away from Facebook 100% all together, right? And now I'm saying it. I'm saying that we have to we have to basically talk with our with our checkbooks. We have to talk with our checkbooks. Right? And yeah. and it it is amazing that they have somebody that literally sits there and they watch us. 169 shares. Yeah. Didn't add one person with those shares. 72,000 people follow us on Facebook. Just shy of 53,000 people like us. Yeah. And we have less people watching us on Facebook than we do on DLive. Yeah. And on DLive, we only have 1,470 people who right. follow us. So right. how is that? Obviously, so they're playing games with they it. They play huge so games. And it's not. And by the way, and on our on our website right now, we have 489 people that are listening to us. Right? So And, and going up. So it, and it said 509. Yeah, it is. it goes up and down. Right? So it, it is just amazing. If you're, if you're listening to this, they are afraid. They're afraid of these voices that they hear on Conservative Daily. Otherwise, they would let us speak. Nobody, nobody silences, right? Fools. They silence truth. Fools are allowed to yeah. talk. Flat earthers, right? 
and I don't know if they're fools or not. <laughs> I just think it's kind of weird. I'm not saying it's not even not true. I, I, and it couldn't be true, but I'm just saying that, frankly, I, I find it difficult to believe that flat earth is a real thing. It could be. It really could be. But I'm not Joe's saying that I believe beef. it. Yeah. Joe's going to have beef with the flat earth community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting something. Yeah. But, but my uh, point, but my point is, is that we, we, we do have to, again, it's, it's hard to look at it and not go, holy crap, 173 shares, only 158 people showing. I know that there are thousands of people watching us on Facebook, but they're not going to tell us that. They're not going to tell us that. So guys, hit, put a comment in there. Put a comment in there saying, hey, I'm here, right? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I go back and forth because I can't comment on DLive and your website. Missy, if there's a problem, send us an email, by the way, info at conservative-daily.com, yeah. and we'll get a fix for you. And as we get into this, because we get, we got to get to the video clip, um, on DLive, if you are, if you can, please do subscribe. We are six subscribers away from being able to apply for more tools in the toolbox to make the DLive experience a little bit better, a little bit more fun. So we're at 14. We need 20 by the end of the month. So please, if you can, do consider subscribing. Okay. So this is a podcaster by the name of Sam Hyde, who a while back made a prediction that if, and this is where it's like shocking how accurate he's, this is like a Nostradamus kind of moment, except Nostradamus is rarely correct. He made a prediction that if you put women on the force, eventually there would come a time where they would feel threatened and they would reach for their taser and accidentally grab their gun and kill someone. No joke. This is a prediction from a while back. Let's go ahead and play this, Mr. Producer. Let's play that clip. If you ever catch the eye of a female cop, hope you wore your bulletproof vest. Hope you got your vest on, man. I'm praying for you, unironically. You ever catch the eye of a female cop? Man, I hope you wore your vest. And I, I am praying for you. Because that gun on her waist at some point is going to accidentally go off. Okay? She's going to draw it out thinking it's a taser. She's going to have her finger on the trigger before she's ready to fire. She's going to do this because you didn't put your hands up fast enough or whatever. Something you did made her feel threatened. You're taller than her. She feels threatened for her life. She's a female. The only recourse, the only recourse she has physically is to shoot you. And I just hope that if you ever get pulled over by a woman, you're wearing a bulletproof vest and a Kevlar helmet. Yeah. P prophetic. Prophetic. And mark that down, Mr. Josh, 105, one hour, five minutes and change for that F-bomb. Uh, obviously, women can be cops. I have no doubt about it. But if you, what he's saying is true, it's, it's the same reason. I'm not saying all women are the same as, as paranoid people have paranoid delusions. I'm not saying that. But you wouldn't want someone on the force who was perpetually paranoid because anything could set them off. You wouldn't want someone on the force who was very, very small because any, everyone's bigger than them. They'd have a reason to want to use deadly force to protect themselves. With women, the argument's true. It, the, if if you go up, Joe, if you stood up to a man, a male cop, that male cop wouldn't feel threatened if he's the same size of you as you. If the, right. if you're standing up next to a woman who's maybe a foot and a half shorter, yep. that woman would be, it would be reasonable for her to be afraid of you, right? Because you're a bigger person. But police shouldn't have that fear, right? You, you shouldn't have officers on the force who, when they encounter the average man, 
will automatically feel threatened because of their size. Right. So I wanted to play that because it was it was prophetic. It was prophetic because that just happened. And, yeah. and we and we and we kind of criticized like how could that possibly happen? How could she grab the gun and think it's a taser? It's easy. In a situation where you fear for your life, it's very possible. Yeah. And there's and by the way, fear is is not a very good motivator. It's not. When it comes to prote- a protection, when you're in a protection environment, fear is a is a terrible motivator for reaction. So if you're a police officer, you've got to put some of that fear aside. You've got to, and, and frankly, I think many police officers are poorly trained. They don't need enough training. I think they should be trained at least, you know, a day a week. Sorry, I do. I think that you should have ongoing continued education so that you understand situationally where you are. I think, yeah. fail, I think failure to do that actually put us, put us at a material disadvantage as a society, right? Interesting enough, 100, and, and- 170 this is unbelievable. 176 shares, 146 people on Facebook. Guys, listen, we have 150, we have 150 people. We have 150 people that have shared almost right in the last 10 minutes. And yet the number is going down. What does that tell you about what Facebook is? They're trash. They're fluvium. Fluvium. Detritus. Yeah. Got a whole host of words now. Off scouring. Jetsome, flotsam. Jetsome, um, flotsam. No, it, it, it's true. It's true. And listen, people in the comment section are saying that they, they are in, in law enforcement. They have female officers who fear no one. That's absolutely true. Right. Right. And, and we've had conversations with with one woman called and she does martial arts. And she's like, I can I can beat any man you put up at me. Fine. That 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 I no doubt your prowess. All we're saying is that in a situation where things go south. Yeah. And you have a female cop going up against a man who is taller than six feet, right? The threshold for that woman to start feeling threatened yeah. is closer than a man of similar size. Just if we're talking in generalities. Yeah, I agree. And and, and we ask and we ask, how does a police officer grab the wrong gun? Police officers are trained and, and they actually set up your belt. So it's they're sp- it's supposed to be harder. So for a, if you want to draw your firearm, your, your sidearm, it's usually on your dominant side. So you're just, you're drawing, I'm a righty, so it'd be right on the right side of my hip. I draw it right. For your taser, they set it up on your non-dominant side. So you have to cross draw. You have to reach across your body and, and pull it out backwards. So they do that so that you're, in, in the hopes that you won't be confused, that you won't do it wrong. Because in order to draw your taser, you have to reach all the way across your body and pull right. it out of the holster. It's, it's facing the wrong way. But in a moment, where you legitimately fear for your life because this guy who you already know has warrants out for his arrest for illegal weapon possession. He just pushed you away while you were putting handcuffs on him and he's lunging into a car. You don't know. Is he, is he going for the, the console, the glove box? What is he doing in that car? What is he reaching in between the seat to try and grab a gun? What, what, what's he doing? You have every right to be afraid. And in that moment, it, it's not your training that kicks in. Yeah, sure, the training does kick in. But before training, it's, it's I got to save myself, right? Yeah, yeah. sure, veterans, well, they, they and, go right and by I, the book. And I think, and I think that that's the, the issue that I have is that it's not that women can't do the job. It just means that they should have extra training. I think everyone should have extra training. But women that are just not conditioned, that they haven't studied uh, uh, 
martial arts. They're not, they don't, there should be some sort of test. I don't know what the test is, but a cognitive test that basically says that under stress, you're likely to handle situations the same way. And the only way that you build that in the military, right? It's called basic training. And after basic training, you have recur training. It's the reason why you have one weekend a month that you have to go if you're in the National Guard or, or serve in the reserves, you have to actually do one weekend a month. It's because you have to stay proficient. They're not required to have that same proficiency at that same rate. And all I'm saying is that the police, if you if you want to solve the problem, you have the Tlaib deal, which is the radical terrorist deal. Of course, they don't want police. They want to be able to terrorize and do whatever they want, right? But the, the other side is if you have the police, just spend a little bit more time, right? A little more effort, do some sort of rotation, force it upon them that you have to have six hours a week of, of continued education, right? Make it six hours yeah. a week, that's 24 hours uh, a month, six hours a week, 24 hours a month. Just start looking at, uh, the public would support that, right? S stop putting uh, quotas out there to get police officers to have the pressure on yeah. one side that they have to collect more revenue, and on the other side, they have to serve and protect while thinking they're gonna get shot, right? Yeah. I mean, you, unicorn is when, 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 and, and they want to say that they, they, they put putting up on pedestals a gangbanger that, uh, that robbed a woman at, at, at gunpoint, right? And say that, oh, he's poor victim because they, she shot her with a, she should never have pulled her gun. But here's the See other why part. they said he died. They what? said he died because of an air freshener. They took out everything else. They took out the resisting arrest. They took out the fleeing the police. They took out the weapons charge. Yeah. And they say he was shot and killed by police because he had an air freshener dangling underneath his his mirror. That's not true. No, it's it's his, his, regist his registration it's was his registration was. Uh, yeah, are you talking about the what is? Well, name? they're saying that's why they pulled him over because over they saw that dangling. His nobody pulled him over for this dangling. It's a registration. It's, his registration was invalid on his car. Right. And by the way, license plate scanners, even if you're going the opposite direction, scan all those license plates to make sure that they're and they can just flip a U-turn and say, oh, that car has bad uh, registration. Right. It's technology they have. But the technology is meant to cover people in traps. The police yeah. are never meant to create traps. And, and this is the problem that I have. This is the rub that I have. If you're in law enforcement, here's the rub that I have. You shouldn't have quotas. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be allowed to create an entire funnel that creates revenue based on catching people in traps, putting a net out and just catching people, bad registration. Drunk driving checkpoints. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And you, do people die in drunk driving? Yes, they do. But 99% of the time, right? All you're doing is creating angst in the environment where nobody really, when they see police, no matter who you are, you tense up. Like, am I doing wrong? Am I driving the speed limit? Am I doing those things? It doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, purple, it doesn't make a difference, right? But remove the stigmatism, remove the stuff that pushes out good cops, which is I have to go write 20 tickets tonight. Oh, I only wrote three. Well, you're a terrible cop because you only wrote three. Well, my area is the safest out there. And by the way, the people in my community love me. What, what happened to that? Right? What happened to that? Yeah. So we're constantly talking about crime and everything else. And most of it has to do with the fact that people get snagged in these nets, single moms. They can't afford yeah. to buy their plates. Right? They can't afford to buy their yeah. plates. Yet they have to go buy their plates. And so they, they push it as long as they can. They get pulled over. And now the fine's 200 bucks. Well, she only makes, pardon my language, she only makes 400 or $500 a week after daycare and everything else. So you yeah. take 40% of her pay so that you can actually prop up. This is where the tension starts, yeah. right? People, remember, we never talk about the problem. We always talk about the symptom. And we say, hey, Joe, Joe it sounds like you're not pro-police. I'm absolutely pro-police. 
but the police should not be a place where you can actually just yeah. take money from people I, just I, flippantly. I'm, I'm pro protect and serve. Yes. Right. There's lots of this that we're talking about, which really doesn't fall under protect and serve at all. I mean, you know, Joe, in Colorado and Denver, uh, E-470, there's a part of E-470 as you're going to the yeah. airport where there's a little bit of a hill. You can't see over it. And on the other side of the hill, they have created a spot where police cars can sit in between each each uh, direction. And it's a speed trap. And what they're doing is they're catching people who are trying to catch their flight. Yeah. So people who are late, the highway, anyone who doesn't know, it, you can go the speed limit's what, 75 miles an hour. So people go 80, 85, 90 because they're late yeah. for their flight. But the cops sitting there and every day they sit there just trying to catch people who are late for their flight. That, like, uh, no, come on. But, but but see, this is my problem. My problem is, is that we constantly are having a conversation about symptoms and saying, oh, she shouldn't have shot him. No. And we talked about even the, the podcaster said, she hey, listen, the, the, hey, listen, someone's going to happen. We got to wear a Kevlar vest and a jacket. Look, many people have had run ins with the police. Some of them have not been positive. Matter of fact, I'd venture to say that everyone that's on the podcast has had a non positive, even police officers, even people that are on here, are police officers have had a bad experience with another police officer on duty, off duty, before they became a police officer, they had a bad experience. I promise you, everyone did, right? But you create a tension that you cannot forgive, that you can't you can't stop that tension if every time you turn around, you're worried about getting caught in the trap. You're worried about it. I mean, yeah. and, and now they have scanners where they put it on the front of their car that takes a picture of your license plate and tells you if you're out of registration, they flip around and give you a $150 ticket and you're just trying to barely survive. Well, see Guys, the one where they go through the mall parking lots and they scan every car in the parking yeah. lot and they find the ones yeah. that have bad registrations and put and tickets they sit on and wait. Them. Yeah. It's they not wait. It's not right. It's not ethical. Let's just talk about the ethical nature and the degradation that's happening in our society. And you can point to the places where persecution and money become the main motivator for our society. And that's where the problem is. And the police are basically in this friction where if I don't get 20 tickets, I'm not going to get promoted. I'm not going to get an opportunity. I got to find crime, find crime, find crime. We're going to give you all the tools, the red light cameras, everything else. And guys, I'm not, I'm not anti-police. But if you want to have a big difference, stop using tools that steal from the American people. And that's all it is. That yeah. single mom driving down the street that can't afford to pay for her tags because they're in Colorado, 500 bucks, right? And oh yeah, by the way, if, if you live in an area where you're on- If you're a, late, they charge you more. <laughs> how about this? If you happen to live in Aurora and you're next to the 470, oh, you could take 40 extra minutes if you want and go to the side streets to get away from it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's $8 to go four miles. That's yeah. not made up, folks. It's eight bucks. Small state. It's the, the most the, expensive the, highway by and, mile and the, in the country. And by the way, it's privatized. It's private. It's owned by yeah. a company out of Australia, a hedge fund. We are selling out our country and the people in it. We're, we're creating EBITs. We're creating slaves. We're creating an environment where our voice doesn't matter. It's no, it's no, it, it's not, it happened on purpose. It happened in our election system. You have hedge funds and money funds and, private equity firms that actually own these election systems. What do you think is going to happen yeah. when it's about money? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen when you have act blue that gets to give money indiscriminately to whoever they want and become a funnel yeah. for dark money? What did you think was going to happen? And, and this is where there is a, a juncture. I think the yeah. argument, lots of people in the comment section are saying, if you don't want to have a bad experience with police officers, if you don't want to get shot by police, don't commit crimes. And that's, there's an element of that too. Like this guy, uh, Dante Wright, he was shot because he committed multiple felonies. Right. 
right? Right. Resisting, like fleeing the scene, like resisting arrest. That, don't do that. If you're being handcuffed and they have probable cause to put you in handcuffs, right? Don't just push them away and try and escape. You're not going to have a good time. The other side's true too. I'm sure there's people who freak out and they get stressed because they see all the stories in the news of, of officers acting wrong and it stresses them out. I'm sure that that both influence this in some way, without a doubt. But in this instance, you talk about quotas. Let's talk about the other quota, the diversity hire quota, the idea that a police force is better if you just hire more women. And again, not nothing against women. I happen to be married to one. The idea that just hiring more women will make a police force better, that's just unfounded. You want people who are the best fit for the job, not because their chromosomes are a certain way, right? So don't act surprised when you have cases like this. Because I don't know this particular officer, but when you're hiring people, not because they're the best fit for the job, but because you want to be woke and you want to show how diverse your police force is, you're going to have problems. Yeah. Because you're not picking the most trained. You're not picking the person with the best head on their shoulders. You're picking someone based on their gender or their sex, however you want to call it, left. Well, here's the thing. They're You're training people. They're training people to persecute white people. They're training people. They're actually creating a reverse discrimination, a racism in our country divine, de- designed to actually hurt people. And by the way, somebody actually said in the, in the comments on Facebook, I wish he hadn't run. Now, yeah. this is going to be a hard thing for me to say, right? I'm going to say it anyway. I wish my brother wouldn't have run. Yeah. Now, I have to recognize the fact that a police officer killed my brother. He murdered my brother. 90 miles an hour, you have no business doing a pit stop at a 45 degree angle, knocking someone off of a motorcycle at 90 miles an hour into a wall and having him die right there. You, have, you do not get to be, what do you think was going to happen at 90 miles an hour? What did you think was going to happen when you pit stopped a motorcycle with a person that has no, no surrounding on him at all? You did something because you were malicious, right? But I still have to come back to the first thing. I wish he hadn't run. And I've had yeah. hard conversations with, with friends where they're like, man, FTP. And I'm like, no, but yes, but no. You get to go back and forth. Yeah, that that police officer, but they didn't have to lie either. See, that's the whole thing. They didn't have to lie. They could have just come out and said, yeah, we did this. But they didn't. They lied. And they had the police union cover it up. And then they made up this whole story about my brother. And then they published it and gave it to news articles so they could see why. That's the evil, right? The evil is the axis of the why. Like, why do we have police? Where the average response time is 13 minutes, but we want to take away your ability to actually carry a gun. Guys, these are these are yeah. these are hard problems to talk about, and and frankly, we're going to have to change the second hour to a different, like maybe we're going to talk about everything, yeah. not make sure that yeah. it says twenty twenty election fraud, because we're actually yeah, hitting the at the we're hitting the heart of what's really happening in our communities, right? And frankly, some of the people that are on here, I'm sure I'll get an email or two later that says, "Hey, Joe, I really don't like you. Actually, I love to hate you, but at least you spoke my truth to me." And I tell people all the time, "Speak your truth, but make sure I it's hate true." That term. What? No. Make sure it's true. I, I, well, hold on. There, there's yeah. a caveat. Make sure it's true. And most people have a very slim understanding, very lazy understanding of reality. They don't think for themselves or talking points. That's not truth. No, no, you're a parrot. I'm talking about truth. 
truth. I mean, there, there are people that I know, right, that want to justify the use of red light cameras because they, they believe they save lives. And then you look at the statistics and you show them a, a, a thousand studies. They don't save anybody's lives, but they pad the pocket of the politicians and the counties and they take money out of the community and they give to other people so they can spend indiscriminately. When is the last time that the government has actually done anything yeah. good with the budget? And they cause, more, they cause more fender benders too. People yeah. see the red light camera, hit the brakes, they get in an accident. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is the, yeah. Yeah. Somebody says the high speed chase never ends. Well, I agree with you. It doesn't, but you have to make, but they don't get to make the claim. They don't don't get to make the same claim in Minnesota that that female officer could make is that she feared for her life. Right. If you're in a cruiser and someone is on a motorcycle, you cannot say you had a legitimate fear. They were going to kill you. You can't make that claim in the heat of the moment here in, in Minnesota, when you are female officer, against a male perp who just lunged in his car and you know he has a warrant for illegal weapons possession you have no idea what he has in the car is he going to grab a gun what you have every you have it's completely reasonable to be afraid for your life now it doesn't mean she you shoot him dead right but she wouldn't have been in a position to make the mistake if he had just allowed them to arrest him if he didn't commit a crime she would not have been put in a position where she would mistake her sidearm for her taser and, and this is where this is what bugs me, Joe. Put up my screen, Mr. Producer. These are two headlines coming out today on the same day. Her name's Kimberly Potter. Kimberly Potter. She's arrested, will be charged with manslaughter in Dante Wright shooting. So she's getting charged. But in the insurrection on the Capitol, no charges for officers in the Capitol riot shooting. It wasn't a riot. Ashley Babbitt. No charges. It wasn't, no charges. It wasn't a riot. Ashley Babbitt's killer will not be charged, even though he had no legitimate claim like she can say i was inches away from the guy feet away from the guy he has weapons charges on his history he just lunged into his car i don't know what happened i was i was stressed i was in total fear for my life and yes i accidentally grabbed the wrong weapon but you know what in in a in a, in a jurisdiction without tasers she still would have been legally allowed to use her firearm hey i have to get off this call i'm sorry i just got an email and frankly th- these guys need me to do this um they, they need me to go do the stuff that i'm doing with nuco so that was a lawyer's call Guys, it has been a great podcast today. Max will finish up the last 20 minutes or so. I do apologize for running out on you, but I need to run out on you. God bless you. God is at the wheel. Stay strong. Make sure that literally you spend all of your time, all of it, standing up, having courage and speaking truth, right? And not the propagated truth. If you don't know enough about something, do some research. Don't be lazy. Love you guys. All right, we're going to stay live while Joe has to leave. Um we have on the line uh, lawman on D Live was asking if he wants us to call him to call in. Sure, you can call in. I know he's a police officer. If you want to call in, you can. Um, feel free. Oh, he's online. Okay, so Mr. Bruce, let's go ahead and put lawman three one six on the line. Lawman, do you have a, a first name, or do you want me to keep calling you Lawman? Uh, it looks like we just lost him here. Oh, Let me try to get we him back. Just lost him. I right, try and get him back. We'll try and get him back. Um, but this is what gets me. The Ashley Babbitt shooting, you're an officer. You cannot claim in that moment you had legitimate fear for your life, that you had to kill an unarmed woman. Yeah, albeit she was climbing through a window. She shouldn't have done that. But you can't make the claim that you were afraid for your life. You had no choice but to pull the trigger. Washington, D.C. is still a duty to retreat state. They don't have stand your ground in Washington, D.C. So technically, in order to deploy deadly force against someone, you're supposed to have exhausted all avenues of retreat. 
And yeah, that still applies to police officers, right? It, they don't get a special exception that they have no duty to retreat. This this guy, the Ashley Babbitt shooting, he was in a hallway. He was towards the front of the hallway. He had every he had every avenue to walk back to the back of the hallway. And yeah, if she gets through, then he says, okay, put your hands up. And if she charges at him, then you can shoot her. But what they did there was, was shameful and no one's getting charged. But Kimberly Potter, Dante Wright shooting, she's getting charged. Even though by the book, she had every reason to be in fear for her life. Should she have shot the guy? No. But she shouldn't have been put in a position where she had to figure out whether she was holding her taser or her handgun. She shouldn't. So we have Lawman back, back on the line. Lawman, welcome to the show. Hey, Max. How's it going? Pretty good. Do you have a first name or do we just want to go with Lawman? Yeah, my, my first name's Rob. Okay, Rob. So you are so a Lawman. Just some, I am. Just to give you some background, uh, I've been a deputy sheriff in Florida for almost 27 years. Um, I'm getting ready to retire. And uh, I figured maybe I could call in and answer maybe some of your questions about some of the tactics or whatever has been going on with everything in the news these days. Sure. So I saw I, we try to monitor the comment sections. It's hard to do it because we have three running right now. You mentioned the fact that there's no quotas where you are. Uh, that That's, that's great. Um, I know that there are police departments that do have quotas. Um, from talking to police officers in those departments. Um, I think when we talk about that, we're not we're not insinuating that every cop has a quota, but as long as any police department police department has a quota and people know about it, right? When they get pulled over, there's that feeling like, oh, you're just trying to meet your quota. So I, we weren't trying to claim that I, I, all police do it, but some do, and it ruins it ruins it for everyone. Yes, I agree. I, I don't particularly like quotas. Um, I think they, uh, they're negative in the whole way they're set up and I'm glad that we don't have them here. Um, I don't do a lot of traffic, although I do some, I don't generally write a lot of tickets because the fines here in Florida in the area that I work are really, really high. And I actually have a heart and I believe that some of these fines are like a week's pay for some of these people. Yeah. So I generally don't write a lot of tickets. So if, you, if you're lucky enough to get pulled over by me, you're probably not going to get a ticket. Well, I, I like that. I'll, I'll cross my fingers if I ever get pulled over in your area of Florida. Um, but we see, we see that with across the board, right? We, we see that with things like civil asset forfeiture. Not every police department does it, but the police departments that do create, uh, create a bad name for everyone. The idea that if you're pulled over for a traffic infraction, they can say they smelled weed and they took all the cash you just won at the casino or that you were withdrawing for a house purchase or something. There's story, there's legitimate right. stories about uh, about this of police and police departments just stealing from people. So, oh, absolutely. As we say, absolutely. I support I support protect and serve, but a lot of these stories are not protect and serve, which isn't your fault, right? It's it's something that we've let go on for far too long. And I think if we're being honest, I think part of it, not blaming you, but good cops don't always stand up, right? They don't they don't always no. push back against it. They let it fester within the department for too long. They let these people rise into leadership positions. Did you see the story from Boston? I'm going to pull it up. Uh, did you see the the 
the Boston story, it just broke today. I want to make sure I, I get this right. Boston police kept uh, the union president's secret that he was a serial child sexual abuser. And he was able to rise up through the ranks. So go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. So we have Patrick Rose Sr., a former patrolman who became the president of the police union. For years, the other officers knew that this guy was abusing kids. And they kept it secret. And he rose all the way up to be president of Boston's police union, which is a, a big deal. It's a big department. And they kept it secret. So this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, not not saying you, but good officers need to work harder to root this stuff out before these evil, bad people get in a position of, of authority where they can rule the way they want it. Yeah, I that's disgusting. I agree with you 100%. I, I don't even know how any officer that had knowledge of that could even allow that to take place. And apparently... Apparently, after they they learned about it, I want to make sure I get it right. I don't want to get sued for defamation. <laughs> um, I think that like since people started learning about it, since they were covering it up, I think four or five other kids got molested. But don't quote me on that. Wow. That was just what I was reading earlier today. So it's not like a victimless crime. It's not like he used to do it, but he's, he's reformed. He was still doing it, and they were covering up for him. And and that's where that's where that's not protect and serve. Right. That's not protecting no. at all. And and when Definitely the Catholic not. Church was going through similar stuff, that's not what the church should be either. And instead of like you saw at the Catholic Church trying to cover up a lot of that, the same is true for for every organization. If you want people to trust you, you need to put your best foot forward and make sure that the people giving you a bad name aren't in a position to do it anymore. I, I, know, I know that I'm probably yeah. I'm just using it as a soundboard because you completely agree. I'm just I, I'm so perplexed by that, just like you are. Um, what do you think about this Minnesota situation? The female cop, do you think it is reasonable? Obviously, guy shouldn't have died. If, if you're if you're shouting taser, you should draw your taser. But is, is it reasonable for a cop to to make that mistake? Like, should she be prosecuted? Or should they say, well, she never should have been put in that position because the guy should have complied? I, I think her biggest problem was probably boils down to a lack of training. I don't know how much training they received there, but I can tell you from my perspective, we train a lot. We train probably at the minimum 40 hours uh, every six months and probably a full, oh, probably 16 hours of that is at the range. We do drills um, where we're transitioning from our tasers to our handguns, to our rifles. Um, we do shoot, don't shoot scenarios constantly. Um, I Watching the video footage and listening to her yell, taser, 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 I believe she probably intended to use her taser, um, but in, you know, under the stress of the situation, she just, she made a mistake. And, and that probably yeah. goes back to lack of training. Um, we train so much, we call it muscle memory. We're supposed to learn yeah. how to do these things without consciously thinking about them. And so that's, that's my opinion of what took place. Um, do I think she needs to be charged with a crime? 
I can't, I, I really can't say, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, I think that it should be looked at as far as how she was trained and how much training she had. Um, we don't know at this point whether she was driving a desk for the last 20 years and just wasn't yeah. on the street, you know, doing these type of things. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that she should be charged or shouldn't be. I just can't, I can't make an, uh, you know, an educated guess at this point. Last question before we let you go. Cause I did, we did tease that we're going to talk about vaccine hesitancy and I don't want to miss out on that before we end this, uh, second hour. Um, do you think that cops should have any additional protections beyond what a civilian would have when it comes to the use of deadly force? Do you think that they should have extenuating circumstances that give them more leeway to deploy deadly force? Or do you think that the standard, the, 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 the threshold should be universal for everyone? Well, the standard that we usually go by is what would a normal person do under nor under the same circumstances so and i know that <clears throat> cops generally get the benefit of the doubt basically because of the nature of our job and the type of people that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis the situations that we get put in um but yeah i mean we're we're we should be held to the same standards that the average person under the same circumstances would be held to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I say that because if someone, if someone broke into my house, right. And, and, and I was, I, I said, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to grab my BB gun to scare them. And instead I grab my rifle and I shoot them dead. I still would have been allowed to draw my rifle on them. Right. Just because I, in my head, made a decision to use a less than lethal option doesn't change the fact that I would have been well within my rights to use deadly force. So the reason I get so concerned about cases like this is as a citizen, I would want that benefit of the doubt because if you're allowed to use one level of deadly force and you're allowed to use that, use everything below it. Now, if for whatever reason, the law in Minnesota didn't allow her to use deadly force against someone who was lunging into a car, reaching around in the console, um, that would be one thing. But from where from where I look, if I knew that about the guy that he has weapons charges and he just resisted arrest, tries trying to flee the scene and he's rummaging around in his car, I'd be very afraid. And and that's where I get terrified. I don't want police to be put on a pedestal, right? I want us all to have the same the same protections. Um, but when I see how they're 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 hyper scrutinizing it, that makes me terrified because a lot of these things that should be cut and dry, you get you get a a, a DA who who's running for re-election that year. And wants to win, they're going to make a make an example of you. So I, I, there's no question right. in there. It's just th this this is so frustrating because whenever you think that something's cut and dry, like oh yeah, she was in fear for her life, she's allowed to use a gun, she shouldn't, but she's allowed to. Um, they they pick it apart. It's, yeah, it, it's frustrating for us too because um, I see you know I see people or you know the stories on the news where. Um, People are being second guessed constantly, and it's it's frustrating because they don't know. You have people that are watching a ten second piece of video that don't know the whole story behind what actually took place there, yeah. and they're making these judgments 
based on a 10 second video and you don't know the background. Um, yeah. So yeah, it is, it's very frustrating for me. Fortunately in Florida, we have a stand your ground law. And mm -hmm. so civilians definitely have a little bit more benefit of the doubt here in Florida to protect themselves um, than in, you know, states that don't have that type of law. Um, that uh, the incident involving the uh, the lawyers, I forget where it was, the man and woman that came out on their front porch with their guns. And yeah, yeah, in what Missouri. happened to them? What ha yeah, what happened to them is is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I would have I would have reacted the same way. I would have. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or look at the cop. Look, look at the cop in Georgia. Look at the cop in Georgia where the guy steals his taser, turns around, fires it at him. In the dark, he can't tell where the barbs are going. He draws his gun and it's shoots. It's a deadly dead. It's a yeah. deadly force incident all yeah, day long. But th th they're still prosecuting him. It's 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 shameful. It is. It absolutely is. And but it it kind of goes back to what you guys talked about. It's these these liberal DAs or you know state attorneys that that just I don't know whether they want to make a name for themselves or they're just bowing to public pressure. Um, it, it, you know, it, yeah. it's tough. It is tough. Well, I, I gotta let you go, but I, I welcome you to call into the show anytime we're talking about one of these things or anything else. Um, uh, I, I always see you in the comments section. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much for calling into the show. You, hey, thanks for taking my call, Max. And no problem. Have a good one. Um, so before really interesting conversation. I mean, we've talked about this on the show a lot. Use of force guidelines. Interesting that in Florida, police are held to a higher standard than than uh, civilians. In in Georgia, police and civilians are supposed to be at the same level. Now, police have other rules, right? But when it comes to use of deadly force, they kind of are supposed to use the same definitions, albeit with a, a higher bar for police since they have more training or supposed to have more training. Um, we're going to continue talking about this because this is something that keeps coming up over and over and over again. And I posted this on our Facebook page, not to not to make fun of police, but to point out that this keeps happening in one jurisdiction. Go ahead, put up my screen. This is a sign. I, it's not a real sign, but they put it up. And it just says, warning, Twin Cities police easily startled. I'm not making fun of police. I don't want to make fun of police. But at some point, someone has to look at how these things keep happening in this one city. Every year, it's just from the city, police, right or wrong, are getting caught up in deadly force incidents that lead to just complete chaos. So I'm hopeful that someone can figure this out. If it's a training issue, we got to get on this, right? Absolutely. We can't just keep having this because it's every summer. I joked yesterday, it's like the new Puxatawney Phil. How do you know that it's springtime or summertime? Oh, well, Minnesota police are, are caught up in a new scandal new controversy. So before we go, I, I want to talk about vaccine hesitancy. And just for all the fact checkers, I am not advocating that anyone don't get the vaccine. I'm not making any false claims about the vaccine. For the last couple minutes here, I want to just talk about this shot, shooting themselves in the foot when it comes to vaccine hesitancy. If the government wants people to get vaccinated, what they did yesterday with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine it was absolutely shooting themselves in the foot. Anyone who doesn't know, Johnson Johnson, the FDA, CDC, 
ordered Johnson Johnson to pull their vaccine off of the market. Why? Because out of 6.8 million doses delivered, six women experienced blood clot issues. Now, this is very similar to what we've seen in Europe with AstraZeneca. It might, and I'll, I'll use this very openly because fact checkers haven't decided which way we should go on this. It might be due to the fact that the method of vaccination is the adenovirus method. It's not the RNA method that we see from, from Pfizer and Moderna. It's the adenovirus. I did a whole episode on that. That's what got us suspended from YouTube, actually talking about it with all of the, the facts and the citations. So they pulled it off the market because six people out of 6.8 million doses suffered blood clot issues. They're all doing fine. They all got attention. But you would think that that's if you want people to get vaccinated, that's the last thing you do. Now, listen, anyone who has a vaccine injury, I have a vaccine injury. I don't get the tetanus shot anymore because the last time I got it, I got rashes all over my body. So I don't get tetanus. If I step on a nail, I just I'm going to the hospital. That's that's my life. Um, I, I get it. Vaccine injury. I completely get it. But they just pulled a vaccine off the market for a great, a, a less than one in a million chance, a less than one in a million chance. So the issue I have with this is it really doesn't do the interest balancing. And I hate interest balancing as a term. You, if you're a government official and you're saying everyone get vaccinated because this disease is super deadly and it's going to kill us all. And then you take the vaccine off the market because of a one in a million chance for only one gender, because there was no men, it was one, it was only women. And apparently, according to the comment section, one person might have died. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Now, we don't know if she had precondition, uh, other preconditions that might cause this. We don't know if it's that even the vaccine that did it. It's a very rare condition. So they're kind of thinking it, but we have no idea, right? How can you say get vaccinated against a virus that's killing everyone and then say we're going to take that vaccine off the market based on a one in a million chance? It just it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense. We all take medications. Well, if you're lucky enough not to take medications, you're great. We all know that there are side effects. You all know that you, you take any serious medication. You listen to the commercial. It's a guy talking really fast like blah, 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 on the commercial. They're, in the list of side effects, they're saying it so fast. They hope you don't hear it. It's almost always death is one of the potential side effects. We still take the medication because we know that the odds of it killing us much lower than the benefit we'll receive from it, right? Every medication out there can kill you. Everything can kill you. You drink too much water, it can kill you. You drink air that has too much oxygen in it, it'll kill you, right? Anything in certain quantities, if you put it in your body, can kill you. And we make decisions every day, cost-benefit analysis. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink this water, or I'm only gonna drink enough to hydrate me, not killing. Same with medications, same with vaccinations. People say, hey, I, I, I don't want the vaccination. I don't trust it. I, I'm afraid that it's going to hurt me, hurt my children. So we're just going to go without it. That is a cost-benefit analysis. You are weighing the risks and moving forward. You have every right to do that. But for the government, for the government to say, we want you all to get vaccinated because the, the, the virus is going to kill everyone. And then say, well, we're actually taking the vaccine off the market because there's a one in a million chance of of a rare blood condition. Well, does that mean that the virus has less than a one in a million chance of killing you? Because that, that's certainly not what the CDC has said for the past year and a half, year, right? They said oh, it was much higher likelihood. I can't actually go into the numbers because we'll get fact checked, we'll get banned, right? But we know that they're presenting the virus as being much deadlier 
than even this one in a million chance. So if, if you want people to get vaccinated, don't pull a stunt like that. And yeah, should vaccines have been tested more? Probably, yeah. But the interesting thing about this is even if the vaccine went through the entire proper testing procedure, they probably wouldn't have uncovered this link to blood clots because it's literally a one in a million shot. No medication, no vaccine goes through trials of testing against a million uh, enrollees. None of them do that. The sample size for these tests are never a million. So anything that has a one in a million odds probably won't get caught up or discovered in the testing phase. So that's where like, even when you're saying, well, well, this is, this is because they didn't do all the trials, even with the trials, they probably wouldn't uncover, have uncovered that. And you have one in a million shot, one in a million shot. Is, is that, is that good enough for you? It might be for a lot of people it probably isn't, but if the virus is deadlier than one in a million, then the cost benefit analysis would demand that you keep the virus on the market. I just don't get it. It, it, it's it, mathematically, it doesn't make sense. Strategically, it doesn't make sense from, from the point of view that you want to get everyone vaccinated. It just seems like a complete mistake. And that's not to say that I want more people to get blood clots. I'm just trying to figure out how someone can complain. Someone can complain about vaccine hesitancy and then put out headlines like we saw yesterday, amplifying what is ultimately a one in a million shot. You're more likely to get struck by lightning than you are to get those blood clots, right? More likely to get eaten by a shark. There's a whole list of things that more likely to, to kill you in a given year than have those blood clots. And yet the media pumped it, pumped it, pumped it as if it was a big deal. I want to play this clip. I want to play this clip. This was, uh, I want to play this clip. It's from one of the media outlets. And it's talking about Nate Silver. Nate Silver um, runs the 538. Um, I don't like him, right? I, don't, I think he's wrong on a lot of things. But when it comes to gauging public opinion, he absolutely has the authority to weigh in on how the public will take things. He's a pollster. I don't trust pollsters all that much. But if he wants to weigh in, he's, he's entitled to. Listen to this commentator try and claim that he has no right to talk about the effects on vaccine hesitancy that will stem from taking the J&J vaccine off the market. Let's go ahead and play cut number two, Mr. Producer. Legal guru Nate Silver, he tweeted this, six cases out of seven million people. What a disaster, irony. Uh, this is going to get people killed, he tweeted. It's going to create more vaccine hesitancy. These people don't understand cost-benefit analysis. They keep making mistakes by orders of magnitude. Um, he does say that you know, confidence in the AstraZeneca vaccines has plummeted in Europe after its distribution was paused uh, for a few weeks, or a few weeks ago, rather. So if the risk isn't so great that people can still get the vaccine, I guess the question is, is it worth potentially undermining the public's faith in the safety of vaccines? Well, with all due respect to Nate Silver, he is not an expert on the psychology of vaccines and vaccine confidence. And you have two major drivers of lack of confidence in vaccines, one of which is worry about safety and efficacy, 
The other is a lack of trust in the health system and in government. And so it is really crucial that the CDC and the FDA take this seriously, even if the risk is minuscule, to demonstrate to the public that they are doing everything possible to keep our vaccine supply safe and effective, and that they as institutions, as institutions of the government, can be trusted to look out for the public interest. And so while this may create some perceptions of risk in the short term. In the long term, it's really well worth uh, taking a pause. So I love that she's like, Nate Silver shouldn't even get involved. He has no right. Well, he's a pollster. And he, regardless of what you think about pollsters, he has every right to weigh in on what he thinks the response from the public will be. Right? So this isn't a pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. It's just me trying to figure out how the government can say we're all going to die, sky's falling, get the vaccine, and then one in a million chance of getting blood clots, one in seven million chance of dying from it. It just, it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up at all. And it's not an issue where more testing will fix it, right? The fact that AstraZeneca is having the same issue, same kind of issue, and it's a similar process for the vaccine, suggests that it, there's something to do with the adenovirus method of vaccina vaccination that can prompt blood clot issues. That doesn't mean that you take it off the market. That means you treat that, right? Based on my readings on it, it's that these blood clot issues, if they are caught, can be treated. So you can tell people, hey, watch out for arm pain, watch out for leg pain, right? If you have any of these kinds of symptoms, make sure you go to your doctor right away. It's the same deal that they already do with any kind of medication, if you're experiencing lightheadedness, don't drive, all the things we hear on the on the commercials. It just, it doesn't make sense to pull it. And that's not a pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, just logically, strategically. They're going to do a lot of harm to their cause. Whether or not you agree with their cause, fine. Their cause of getting people vaccinated, this is going to create more vaccine hesitancy, without a doubt, without a doubt. Because everyone's seeing those headlines. J&J &J vaccine pulled for, pulled for blood clot issues. People, I was, re I, was, I was doing a deep dive into this last night, reading far too much about human psychology than I ever would want. And there's, there's a, a train of thought, a school of thought, that says human beings only really have the ability to understand four different types of probabilities. Right? The human brain... Obviously, you understand other type of probabilities, but generalizing, they only really have the ability to understand four different type types of uh, probabilities. 100%, a mortal lock, guaranteed to happen. Everyone understands what it's that's guaranteed. 50-50, human beings understand coin flip odds. 2%, human beings have the ability to understand very quickly the concept of what 2% is. And then 0%, it'll never happen. Anything greater than 0%, human beings psychologically interpreted as 2%. Isn't that interesting? Human beings, and obviously if, now that you know this, you'll go beyond that, right? And, and, and you won't allow that to control your train of thought. But the average human being, when they see one in a million, right? Their brain doesn't interpret that because it's too small of a, of a fraction. It's too small of a decimal. It's too many decimal places. Their brain interprets it not to be zero, but to be 2%. That's frightening. That's frightening. So yeah, there's a lot of people seeing this out there who are who are saying, wow, wow, it has a chance for blood clots. 
And they're interpreting that to mean it, it, it's almost like a 2% chance of dying, which is not true. It's not true at all. So it's, again, this, this, this part of the segment isn't a pro or anti-vaccine. As we've always said on the show, you do whatever you think is best for you. Right? And, and God forbid, government shouldn't be allowed to force you to get vaccinated. Definitely not. I'm just trying to understand the logic here because any pill you take will have a one in a million shot of killing you. Yeah, it happens. And we all make those choices every day, right? When you get in your car and you put your seatbelt on, there's a greater than one in a million chance that you won't make it home just by virtue of getting in a car accident, right? But we, we take that risk every single day. Remember, the odds of getting struck by lightning is greater than one, one in a million. So yeah, when you get in the car, when you get on a plane, when you get on a train, when you get on a boat, when you cross the street, we all manage these odds on a daily basis. Subconsciously, we don't even think about it. And probably better that we don't think about it. It's just stunning with this, the one in a million is now being reinterpreted as the sky is falling. Again, not a pro or anti-vaccine, just trying to understand the logic of pulling something from the market that A, never could have been found in testing because they're not going to test a million people. And B, well, what do you do about that? If it's just the method of vaccination that does it, you got to treat it. When you're talking about injecting something to someone's body. There are going to be allergic reactions. There's going to be physiological reactions. You know that no matter what you inject in someone, you can inject a placebo. Now probably still have a possibility of death. So there's, there's no real conclusion here. Just want to point out, in my opinion, how idiotic it is to pull something off the market for a one in a million odds. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you tune in Friday. Very, very important. We have Congresswoman Boebert on the show for two hours. That might change. It might go down to one. But right now, she's on for two hours. So there's a chance that we will be taking live calls. But there's a guarantee that if you leave us a voicemail with a question, keep it under 30 seconds, preferably under 20. Leave us a voicemail with a very succinct topical question respectful question. And as long as you get this into us within the next 24-ish hours, we will go through them and we will put together the best ones and we will play them for her. You might not be able to take live questions. It might be too much. Maybe Josh can handle it, but it also might be too risky for a Congress, per, uh, member of Congress. I get that. But leave us a voicemail with your question. Keep it quick. Keep it to the point, And we will give the best ones to her on Friday. So yes, that's Friday, normal time. Um, normal time, we will be open. That uh, will be on. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you like and follow our Facebook page. We're not on YouTube for the rest of the week, but make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page anyway. Follow us on DLive. If you can, hit the subscribe button. We are six subscribers away from reaching that 20 mark, and then we can apply for more rights and privileges. And we're also on conservative-daily.com. Very important to go there too. Help us bug test. Um, if anything's wrong, let us know. We're also the audio version of the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all great places to listen. Make sure you do subscribe. If you have an iPhone, iPad, MacBook, if you haven't already, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Link is in the description. Help us re rise up in the rankings. One of the reasons that we got up in the rankings as high as we did, we were number eight in the country at one point for political podcasts, is because we had so many reviews coming in so quickly. Our, our download count hasn't changed a ton, but we're, our reviews, we're not getting as many reviews. So if you haven't already, please do hit that review. 
give us that review. We'll be doing a review drive in the coming days to really prompt people to do that and help us rise up in those rankings. It helps. It does help with the advertisers and the like. So make sure you check out all those links in the description. Again, my name is Max McGuire. Joe had to jump out early to prepare for the public offering, IPO, whatever he's calling it. I don't want to get in trouble for using the wrong terminology. The ability to invest in the company. He's doing those meetings. So he'll be back tomorrow. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.